Feeling great, Ryan. Feeling 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 really good today. You know, I I'm trying to get myself excited about the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. More excited about the last ten games of the NBA regular season, which we're at. I think the so, last time the NFL draft was happening, as I recall, we were doing the same thing. We we're recording a podcast yeah, about sure. the NBA, uh, and I I think Jordan Love was just taken <laughs> by the Green Bay Packers, and now. Fast forward, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay. So this is just like this perpetual cycle of teams I, I'm like a fan of that just their superstars won out. I don't get it. I'm, you're saying Green Bay, Wisconsin isn't the place to be, Ryan? It's not I, It's not San Francisco, <laughs> California. I can promise you that. That is very true. That is the understatement of the year. I, I feel like, like I've promised myself this year, this is kind of a side note, but I'm gonna get into the WNBA. And yeah. I just want to be a bandwagon, you know? Maybe that's my let's thing. Go. Seattle Storm, let's go. Is that the is that the team? That's my that's my squad. Sue oh. Bird. Oh, Sue Bird. Dang. Let's go. Killer. You can go Phoenix. You can go like Diana Tarasi or something. Oh, yeah. That's nice. I like the the New York team's jerseys, but I don't think they're very good. Liberty. Yeah. They got uh Sabrina Ionescu from Oregon. You know, oh, the, I might be in. I like her. She's a lefty. Yeah, she's she's good. She's real good. Um, that's a good one too. Those those teal jerseys are pretty pretty killer. All yeah. the all the new WNBA jerseys they released for the 25th anniversary, like just incredible. Ten times better than anything the NBA, NBA has. Right, step it up severely. <laughs> like the Stranger Things Indiana one, that's mm. baller. Mm. Like the Dallas ones were really cool. Las Vegas was very clean. Yeah, that was another one. That was another one I was thinking about the Aces because they're Aces. newer. Yeah, right. the the, the new team, um, like that black jersey with the Aces going vertical. Yeah. It's like yeah. the 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 uh, the Navy Thunder ones y'all tried out. Oh, those were terrible. Much much better in Las Vegas. Twenty fourteen, I had a. I think I had a West one of those. I think I had a Westbrook jersey that that was like that. It was like my least favorite jersey that I've ever owned. I don't know. Uh, you those powder, not powder, sky blues are hideous. But the white ones are bad. Like your normal white ones are bad, though. Oh, the thunder thunder uniforms are just terrible. They're absolutely. I want to rebrand it now. The, the only saving grace is the the Oklahoma State state football team and the basketball team they have amazing uniforms um green bay's this unpopular take among probably old school nfl fans but green bay's uniforms are absolutely trash (laughs) absolutely trash the green and yellow is creative it's unique it's unique but it's just like so boring like my seattle storm but uh and the supersonics yeah rest in peace maybe not though (laughs) Maybe they're they're going to come back one of these days. Well, enough about other sports outside of, you know, <laughs> the NBA. The thing hey, that we we're here to talk about. So, yeah, I guess that's true. We wrapped it back around full circle. Um, before we get for, too much into that, um, let me remind you to follow us on our social media platforms 
Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram the most, so follow us there. Um, you can search for NBA Couch GM Podcast, and we should pop up there. Um, and if you haven't yet, give us a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice, and we would greatly appreciate that as well. Quick recap of episode 107, if you missed it. We talked about LaMarcus Aldridge retirement and Jabal Murray's entries. We dove into the MVP discussion. We talked about Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and who, Steph Curry, who was going on fire at the time and still is on fire. He's trying. He's trying to pull that Golden State up from the ashes. Godly, Lost to Minnesota tonight, though. That's a that's a clutch. That's a clutch win for Steph Curry for me in my book. <laughs> that's a that's a W for me. The OK the OKC tank is still alive. The tank is strong. The tank is strong. <laughs> uh, and then we picked our league pass teams for the for the week. Uh, the Matt picked the Indiana Pacers, who are twenty nine and thirty two overall, and three and two since we last recorded. And I picked like the East. Western Conference version, excuse me, uh, of the Pacers as the Grizzlies, and they are 31 and 29, and two and three since we last recorded, and playing Portland again tonight. Nice little rivalry, rivalry going on between those two teams. Yeah, uh, as of late, John Morant, this Memphis Grizzlies team might be the most underrated team in the NBA currently, um, and John Morant's just fun to watch. My bad on Grizzlies, but that because I typed that yesterday. We almost recorded yesterday. You know, oh. they, they lost to Portland last night. Oh, but they've played Portland three times in the last like week. Yeah, we that's weird. That. That's ridiculous. That's so stupid. I I kind of like it though. It like gives baseball. that baseball baseball right. vibe to it. Um, but that I mean, the Grizzlies had a whole bunch of cancellations early in the year because of COVID. So I think it was because of that, right? right? Trying to fit a thousand games in. Yeah. So it's like they were playing on Monday and then Wednesday and then Friday and then Sunday and then Monday and then Wednesday. It was just like game after game after game. Now they did take, um, they won two of the three against Portland. Uh, Yeah. They won the series. Yeah. It was close, but like, Part of me is like, you know, Dame been injured and everything. So it's like really important games for Portland. And it's like superstar, superstar injury. And it's just like, is it, is Memphis winning two of three an accurate representation of the year that they're a better team than mm-hmm. you would assume that if they're winning the series? You know, probably not. But at the same time, like it's saying with baseball in a way of like, if you just happen to catch that series when you're, top two pitchers are out kind of screwed like it yeah ends up in that tiebreaker or whatever may come back and bite you in the butt later but it's like you caught the one stretch of games where damian lillard was you know injured, injured out Banged trying up. to play through it whatever yeah. you know but so it's just how the league had to be this year yeah yeah hopefully you can kind of resume some normal activity next year even though there's going to be another possibly shortened off season which uh I don't know. It's going to be fascinating to look back uh, like a year from now and see if like the injuries mount up, uh, build up um, and what that kind of looks like for the league as a whole. How long we're feeling these repercussions for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. At least the Grizzlies get the magic uh, tomorrow. 
Yeah, that's kind of like a bye week, a bye game. Yeah, back to back. Actually, they're going back to back with them. Ooh, it's a good back. time. That's be two and zero. It's a good time to play. Uh, not <laughs> or it's a good time to play the Magic essentially. Yeah. Uh, but moving on to M- NBA news this week. Uh, so yeah, Matt, we'll what do we go have? Through some of these injuries real quick. So James Harden has suffered a setback, whatever that is. Um, exactly, it's supposed to mean. Uh, it was called a Miami nightclub setback. <laughs> um, and so there's a chance he could still play at some point at the end of this uh, season, but there's a good chance he may not be back um, until the playoffs. So having to deal with that. The Nuggets just kept getting worse with the injuries. Will Barton out indefinitely, hamstring injury. Um, also injured against Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Weird, weird situation there. Um, John Wall out the rest of the year with a quote-unquote tweaked hamstring. I see you, Houston. Um, and then, although getting a 50-piece from Kevin Porter Jr. tonight, though. Um, and then for the Wizards, Denny Avdia, their, their rookie top 10 pick, he's out for the reindeer season with a hairline fracture in his ankle. Um, I believe he had surgery on it, so... Uh, tough end of the season for him, but the Washington Wizards, my Washington Wizards, Ryan, they're your, they're on fire again. Your boys, they were Russell really Westbrook. bad, and then they're up, and then they were really bad again, and now they're back up. Garrison Matthew, I think that's his name, Garrison yeah. Matthew. What he's kind of a baller, borderline yeah. baller. He's not just a shooter. Um, he, he like closes games for them now. That's really weird. Um. But yeah, like Bertans started hitting shots and stuff, and Westbrook's been balling out. So, and of course, Brad Beal's been doing his all NBA thing. Um, Kevin Durant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, get back on the court for their respective teams. Jaron Jackson finally making that debut. Mm. Um, mm. And then a couple signings Mo Wagner, who the Celtics waived, signs with Orlando, Portland, um, signs your boy Rondé Hollis Jefferson for the remainder of the year. Um, Clippers signed Boogie Cousins for the remainder of the year. Boogie with that great quote. Um, like it was something like, I don't see any other players on 10 day contracts getting double teamed out here. Of course they had to give me a contract or something like it was just great. It was incredible. Um, shout out Boogie. And so that's uh, in large the news over the past week, Ryan. Yeah, that's a, uh... A lot of stuff happening in the league again. Yeah. I feel like we had this like lull, and now we're back to to this. Uh, lots of injuries, lots of just weird stuff going on. Yeah, teams got to start like figuring stuff out and getting serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the last what ten games or so yep. this season. I mean, it's like two weeks essentially. Yeah, uh, how many games are in a week now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, that brings us to our big topic for today. We're talking about the home stretch. We're talking about the last part of the season here. We're going to talk through some big points here uh, and kind of focus on one team in the middle. But let's start start off with some uh, West injuries. Yeah, so we know that the... I mean, the entire league I've been talking about for the last several pods has been dealing with injuries like the top of the West has just been killed by it. Like the jazz losing Donovan Mitchell, the ankle injury they've sustained, I guess, since then. Yeah. 
three and three since he's been out. One, I guess, four and three if you count the game he was lost to um, mm. against Indiana. Like the Clippers, Kawhi's basically been out since April 9th, played one game, and then went back out um, on April 18th. So, like, he's been dealing with a foot injury. The Nuggets, like we said, seven and one since the Jamal Murray injury, and also that Will Barton injury. It's just like Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. just like going like bananas. The Suns have really been the only team at the top of the West, Ryan, that have like not caught the injury bug. And so I think it's super impressive that those other three are really, they're all four fighting for the best record in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Utah has been, I mean, just this machine this year, like it's Spurs-esque. I think we've compared them to Spurs in the past on previous podcasts. Um, But it's it's just been incredible what they've been able to do um, down the stretch here Uh, and through this regular season, really. Um, I've, I've kind of been impressed with the Clippers. I don't, I, I, I'm in this weird, like, you don't want to be impressed by them. Yeah, exactly. Every time I watch them, it, they end up like losing some weird game to like, I don't know, like Indiana by like three. And it's like, you probably shouldn't have lost that game. Like, what are we doing here? But then they go rip off like two or three game, four win, game win streaks. Paul George looks really good. Um, and, like, they kind of have some pieces around. Like, Rondo's playing well, kind of. Like, yeah. they found some guys off the bench. Um, <clears throat> Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann's, like, starting and, like, kind of should be starting. <laughs> he's been good. Like, he's just, like, makes those hustle plays. He's that... like their Caruso. Yeah. But better. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, like, Ibaka hasn't been playing for this team at all. Like, Zubac has been good. Um, and like, I don't know, I don't know what to do with the Clippers. I still like, I've kind of just kind of said, all right, it's, it's, you got to figure it out in the postseason. That's when it matters. Like you can do all this cute stuff in the regular season, but if you get bounced in the second round again, it's not going to mean anything. Um, but I've been kind of impressed with their stretch recently. Um, especially Paul George, he's been hitting everything. He's like really figured it out, really found his like niche in Ty Lue's system this year. Um, also, shout out Luke Kennard. Um, like they're basically they're being forced to play him, um, right? Because of injuries and, and COVID he, and stuff. He's been good again. Like yeah. that's what's still crazy to me is like he's been good. Like every analytic out there says he's been good for them this year when he's on the court. Um, but beside the point, going back to Paul George, that's the most important part of this. Um, of the guys who are available and playing is like, he has found his rhythm. He's finally gotten healthy. I know they've talked about like, he's dealt with some like significant injuries that maybe weren't totally out in the um, spotlight about, but like, he's finally healthy, feeling good. So, you know, it's just one of those, like it had, it took a while. It didn't get the full off season to rest and recover and, they couldn't afford for him to be sitting too much more than he already did this year. So he played through some things and now it's like, he's finally healthy enough. The team's starting to roll. It's starting to get a rhythm. I do wonder what this team looks like when you infuse Kawhi back into it. Yeah. Because for better, for worse, Kawhi takes the ball and then stops like moving it around. Right. Right. Like 
Mm-hmm. That's just kind of his thing, but also he's super efficient doing that. So you know, you're not mad at it, but the addition of Rondo playing Kennard, um, Paul George, like sometimes is passive. And yeah. I guess that could be a good thing in terms of like ball movement, but like, you know, there's, there's times where it's like this team, part of the good um, rhythm they developed is like, they will move the ball now. I guess not just like Lou Williams dribbling a thousand times. Yeah. The ball's not really sticking. Yeah. Less Nick Batum on the court, even though Batum was good at passing and willing to pass less Nick Batum on the court. is generally a good thing. A hundred percent. I, yeah, I, I, I still think this team has issues, especially in the playoffs, like creating offense when the ball does kind of have to stick um, and the defense gets tight. Like what does this offense do? Um, Terrence man, probably not playing as much then. Right. right. And like you would like Nard out there again in theory. Yeah. But they've uh, been good defensively too, like on the flip side of that. But like if Batum's playing, it's like any significant amount of minutes, like that's going to be a pick and roll hunter. I also have Morris. Morris has been good. Yeah. It's like, and you know, just going to depend on the matchup in the evening. But it's like running out some version of Rondo, Kennard, Man, picking two of those three. And then Kawhi, Paul George. And then it's going to be Zubac slash Morris, depending on if you need to go big or go small. Like, So I like that they have some flexibility with like what lineup they can throw out there. Um, is it a ton of flexibility? No. Batum is like your eighth guy, which I guess is fine if he's yeah. eight. Not your fourth, but like he was having to be early in the year. But as your eighth guy, I think that's actually a good playoff rotation. Um, yeah, you know, and you didn't even include Ibaka there. And if he comes back right. some, somewhat healthy, like you kind of move Batum further down the list there. And I, you know, part of that's I really don't know. Like it's like basically no one's just talking about that injury. Which yeah, I saw like, him doing some ago. workout stuff. Um, and yeah. I think he may have been cleared to do some on-court stuff. Um, like, but, like you said, we're two weeks out. Right. So uh, that on-court's got to get to a game here right. in about the next five to seven days if he wants to get any um, three, four, or five games in before playoffs start. So, I mean, I don't blame them for taking it slow with him for sure. No need yeah. to rush it per se, especially since the team's had success. But you know that does give you pause going to the postseason. That two guys that one star in Kawhi and then one really important role player in Ibaka haven't got much run. And Tyloo, like you can allude here, is not gotten a lot of opportunity to just throw out the best lineup like that he can all year because they've never been healthy at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point is that like this team has been playing so hobbled that they haven't even haven't even really meshed together and kind of like the Brooklyn thing. Yeah. I mean, we saw this last year with the Clippers a little bit is that it just like didn't ever work out because they never played together. A ton. Yeah. So it's still something to keep an eye on, still be cautious with. Whereas um, like the jazz have been the opposite. Like they've been like the yeah. well-oiled machine. It's like, we'll throw George Niang out there for 35 minutes. <laughs> work it's crazy because like i think we both kind of thought that mike conley wouldn't produce anything for them and like he turned into this like all-star caliber player this year 
Yeah. And it's been really good. And like Joe Ingles been hitting essentially everything. Like the hoop looks like the ocean to him and he's standing yeah. on a beach. Well, and it's like both of those guys, like for example, those are both guys you almost are like, are they more tangible guys yeah. than like actual production, you know? Right. And part of the Jazz this year is they fully embraced the three. They're leading the league in like percentage of shots as three pointers. Like they are, I think it was like 43, 46% of their shots are threes. Like it's just like every it's other time three. Yeah. And they have Rudy Gobert. And right. so it's like they're really, they're really embracing the dunks, layups, and threes. That's all we're shooting. And Donovan Mitchell become a 40% three point shooter now off of like catch and shoot and pull up. Like that's crazy. That's something like, I don't know if that was really realistic to expect going into this year, but it's sustained throughout the year. So you assume once the ankle injury heals up enough, he'll be able to come back and still do his thing. Yeah. Like he's definitely the pendulum for them. If he, if he's healthy and can score 40 plus points a night in any given playoff series, like the jazz are a real threat. Um, I think it's just fascinating that, we've I, I don't know my perspective on the jazz has changed i think not only my perspective but a lot of people's perspective has changed on the jazz because i didn't think they would be this good ever like i i thought this would never be like their ceiling we i mean a year ago we were talking about could this team stay together because of covid like you know like Rudy gobert was the first person to contract covid in the nba that we know about mm-hmm. and it, spreads it to potentially Donovan Mitchell and we're talking about tr- one of them getting traded. Yeah. And now and this team's gone the opposite way. Yeah. It's, it's like one of the best teams in the league. Um, and a lot of that's just due to those two players. Um, yeah. Rudy Gobert has been really good. He's earned his contract this year, at least earned his money for this year. $40 million, but he's like, <laughs> again, at least making you not feel terrible about it this year. Right. And like guys like Jordan Clarkson, like he's finally found kind of his spot and his role. Um, Yeah. Bogdanovich has still been good. Yeah. Quiet guy there, but still been good. Royce O'Neal, good role player there. Um, It's like, they just need to get enough then from like Derek favors as a backup five. Right. And just, you know, Ingles obviously comes off the bench. Like once Mitchell's, you know, fully back in the lineup. So again, it's like, there's a solid, like eight, you know, George Niang is like a ninth guy, like a good playoff rotation there still. So again, it's all dependent on Mitchell coming back at some point. But I mean, if you told me they didn't have Mitchell for the first round and still got out of the first round, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah. It might be difficult depending on which team you draw. But that play, that play, those play in tournament teams could be rough. Like if you end up drawing Dallas somehow, yeah. After that, after they make it out of the play-in. Um, Wouldn't love they, that. Yeah, that would not be great. <laughs> that would not be fun. Um, but, like, if you play, like, I don't know, like somehow New Orleans sneaks in, which it's it's we can get to them here in a second. It's not looking like they will. Um, I don't know. If they drew San Antonio, if they drew Memphis, you might feel yeah. better about their chances. Um, but, like, yeah, if they drew Gold State. Because again, Steph Curry's red hot has yeah. got him into the eight seed. Then, like all of a sudden, you're a little bit more worried. Or if Portland's the one that's slipping, 
I'm not trying to play Damian Lillard in the first round. Yeah, I think that would be the scariest if like somehow Steph gets them into that eight and wins the play in and he's red hot and he's come off like what two games of like 40 point performances probably just to get him there yeah on just insane shooting like that's when you start to get concerned i think Um, then you're like one random good andrew wiggins night (laughs) and a draymond night like right and all of a sudden it's like oh crap right trouble trouble it's like two two and your best player isn't anywhere to be found uh, right. because of injury. So yeah, that gets that gets dicey. But with any other team, like the Spurs or Grizzlies, I would feel pretty good. Yeah, I would feel really good about that. Actually, La- yeah. Last West team before we go um, on. So Denver again, not just sustaining, like thriving. <laughs> Murray injury, seven and one. I. I don't know if I want to say more than this, but I think this solidified Jokic as the MVP. The new, it's it's not that he wasn't carrying the Nuggets before, but now like he's carrying the Nuggets, the city of Denver, the entire Rocky Mountain like national park. Like he's putting it all on his back right now. Like it's just a willing this team blocks slash fouls Zion <laughs> the, game the other day to like yeah. punch it, you know. But like. That's just the thing is they're just finding a way to win a lot of these games. Again, not the most grueling schedule, to be honest, though. Um, Like they've played New Orleans, um, Grizzlies, Rockets, Warriors, Blazers, Grizzlies, Rockets, Heat, like the last few games. They're playing the Raptors tonight, and they're up 20 with five minutes left. So it's like not, not a brutal schedule. But still, when the game's supposed to win, and without Barton and Murray, you don't always guarantee that those games are winnable. Right. But they've done it. Yeah, I think their roster's just deep. Like it, it, like I think I've been critical of them getting rid of some of their depth in in past trades and in past yeah. moves. But like having a guy like Composo, that Monty guy, Morris. yeah, right. Monte Morris. They, they just, like, kind of are competent guards, and now even Austin Rivers playing some. Sure. Um, but Michael Porter Jr., man, that guy's found found it. Like, he's a legit – like, he has a legit chance at making, like, an all-star game in his career. A couple oh, all-star games. Totally. He shoots the ball so well, um, and he's starting to figure out – not necessarily be an elite defender, but at least he knows where he needs to be on yeah. defense. If he can just be like a good-ish NBA defender yeah, with that shot. And, you know, he's starting to figure out how to create and do more off the dribble at the NBA level too. I mean, as a 6'10", 6'11", forward playmaker, like that's some that's special stuff you just can't whip up in a lab every day, you know? So Right. And then adding Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline, I think the, by far the best deadline moves that we've seen play out. Um He's just been really good, and he's been able to play off Jokic kind of like we thought he would be able to. Um, I mean, great, but they don't need him to be great. Even though right. they don't need him to be great, they just need him to be very good. A good defender, right? Yeah. Like a good defender and dunk the ball and cut. Do all right. the, like, smart things that this team needs you to do. Yeah. Um, like his role with and without Murray really hasn't changed. He's still yeah. doing the same thing. Go get 14 points a game. And six rebounds by just 
being there and moving. Right. You know? Right. So. Um, yeah. I've just been so impressed. Like I can't gush about this nugget team the most or any more than I already have. Uh, when people ask me like, who's your favorite player to watch in the NBA? It's not even anybody on the thunder. It's Nikola Jokic. Like the guy's just so fun to watch. Yes. Um, and I think you're right. I think he's over this stretch. He's proving that he's MVP. What sucks is they might draw like the Lakers in the first round because <laughs> of how like the seedings and everything worked right. out. So that might really suck once AD and LeBron are back, assuming they're back for that series. But still, uh, I mean, we know AD is back now. We'll assume he'll stay in good health. Um, but like that would be a really tough draw. But if it is what it is, like you got to deal with it. So that's a, again, it's the classic Western Conference conversation at that point of like, what what else are we? Who who else are you playing? You yeah, know? right. If you're not, not playing the Lakers, options. if you're not playing the Lakers, like you're playing the Mavericks, and I don't think you want to play Luka Doncic in the first round. Like that's still scary. Any team out like inside the top seven, eight, right. <laughs> which is the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like all like essentially close close games like you're yeah. not like blowing any one team out of the water i don't think like well, we'll but if you're playing close games it's good to have nikola Jokic. yeah he's so clutch for his clutch. 40 foot step back floater thing <laughs> the shuffle the, the <laughs> Jokic shuffle whatever it's called yeah all right so let's go to new orleans less of a happy story right now not in the playoff picture currently mm. sitting 11th in the west so I mean, they're, they're going to get a win tonight, I assume, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Can't can't win too many games there, Ryan. So, uh, <laughs> Got to keep the tank alive. So, Paid for Cade. <laughs> New Orleans currently 5-10 and 10 in the month of April. We'll assume that will bump up to 6-10, and 10, but not good this month. This tends to be the time where you, you're trying to win games if you're trying to get in the playoffs, though, Ryan. Um, Zion been great 28 points seven rebounds four assists a game uh, free throw percentage has taken a little bit of a dive below 70 percent, but you know still largely doing what he wants to do brandon ingram 26 a game five and a half rebounds five and a half assists over that same span good a little bit of a stat filler but good right yeah the problem with this team is not that they don't have the stars at the top. And that hasn't been the problem all year. It's the every, literally everything else about this team, <laughs> roster, franchise, organization. It's just a disaster. So it's, well, well let me talk on this team a little bit. So offensively, again, if you have two guys averaging a combined like 54 a game on like, above league average efficiency you would think you would have a good offense right to and in some categories they do but let me talk about the ones that i really care about three point percentage they're 23rd percentage of points from three they're 28th (laughs) and free throw percentage they're 29th so they don't make they don't make the easy ones at the free throw line they don't get an advantage from three-point shooting at all nor do they really even try to like okay so like the spurs are kind of in that same category like they don't try to get a lot from three 
but they do everything else so well that it doesn't matter. Mm. And they do shoot a good percentage when they choose to shoot. So like, that's not like saying you can't take a lot of twos, but like you have to maximize those opportunities inside. And then when you do take the threes, you have to maximize those also. Right. New Orleans just doesn't do that on the offensive end. So one, that really lets you know if Ingram's playing well, Zion's playing well, that means everyone else is absolutely putting these numbers in the freaking tank. Then, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Them doing it, it's everyone else. Yeah, one guy named Eric Bledsoe <laughs> specifically. The Eric Bledsoe uh, effect, just killer. Uh, I mean, he's just been bad, right? Like it. it He's just been not good this year. Um, and it doesn't help when your starting lineup has two non-shooters effectively. And Eric I mean, Bledsoe is really a spacer. Steven Adams. So like three. So you have three sh- non-shooters effectively. It's not like Zion's not unwilling to take the three. It's just like he's so efficient at taking twos and building people inside. I don't know why. He's like settling when he takes a three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and this month, he has not shot great from three. But, again, he's still putting up 28. If he can get to, like, 30% on threes and 70% on free throws, he'd be at, like, 32 points a game. It's just insane. In his second yeah. year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, this team outside of those two players really isn't constructed all that well. Um, I think we it's both... Like Alonso took a step, like, as a shooter, even. Yeah. Like he's shooting forty percent from three this year, and then yet it's like, then they he still can't get their offense where he needs as like the point guard, you know, quote unquote right. the point guard. I don't know how much that even matters anymore. Having the point guard, you know, for some teams it's valuable, like the Suns, very valuable right. to have a guy like that. But it's not really that way for a lot of situations. It's like if you are more of just a transition player. And a spot up three point shooter, like again, that's cool. It's kind of useful. It's not. I don't. Is it that impactful, or is it more of sounds like a role guy? I mean, he's definitely like a good role player, and he's not this like stud point guard that we were kind of sold coming in and as he was coming into the league as right. And it's like, like he, he doesn't look. Too too different than the guy he looked at at UCLA, but UCLA, you know, he tried to get up and down, throw a lot of you know full court passes and outlets and everything. But it's like, I think we all just kind of assumed, okay, if you can pass like that, if you can see things like that, if you can get the ball there, you know, from those settings, you you can do it in the half court also. I think that's just like a big thing scouting wise. Like the NBA has kind of got to recalibrate, like the half court offense is just so different than it is in college, nor should being able to pass and transition be, you know, a direct line to, well, then therefore you can (laughs) pass in tight situations and in creative on ball, you know, situations in the half court. It's two different things. Right. Right. And like that passing, like, I, I don't know, like it just doesn't seem like it's all the time. Like, it's just this weird switch sometimes. Like, sometimes he's this awesome passer, and then it's just, like, he doesn't either see the pass or is not willing to make the pass. I think he's a willing passer. It's just, like, the he's, like, not 
creating those passes essentially. Um, it's really not a great like live ball passer. Like your mid dribble, you see Zion cutting or something like yeah, he's being able to find the ball and whip it over to him. Like in the half court setting, especially like he that's not his thing. And I think we right. just kind of assumed it, it could be a thing for him, and it never panned out to be. It hasn't kind of, yet, anyway. I mean, he's what, like four years into the league yeah. at this point? Like, is it ever going to be? It's like, wait, that's a weird thing. Like, can that be taught? You know? Yeah. And I think it can be, but if you need it to be taught and executed at the NBA level, that just feels like a tall task to ask. Is it impossible? No, but. Um, that's the the thing though is like that if you can't be that lively creative guard then are you just kind of like marcus smart <laughs> right no, like the shot came around faster for lonzo than it did for marcus but marcus's defense is obviously better than lonzo's um but like are they still kind of in that same ish range of player probably yeah. Yeah. marcus is important to boston for sure and we'll talk more about boston later but it's like he really should not be more than like the fourth or fifth option at the very most for that team. Yeah. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think he's going to be a fourth or fifth option on whatever team he lands on this, this next year. Um, Lonzo that is. And I don't know. It, it feels like the fit really is no longer there in new Orleans. Yeah. Like it, even though like he has the skills, I think to fit alongside players like Ingram and Zion, it just like doesn't feel like it's ever going to come together there for him. No. And I wish like even his defense could be a saving grace for him, but I don't know this year. It's again, it's like fine, fine, I guess. Yeah. Um, He has like some highlights, like he had a block to like save a win, but like, that's not like a consistent thing. Has also struggled though, which is weird. Like you have guys on that team who are supposed to be defensive focused. Yeah, like namely Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams, and Lonzo. We've seen him be a very high, you know, caliber defender. We've seen Ingram even in moments, you know, be a very good defender. Zion at Duke was a pretty good defender. Really hasn't translated to the league yet, but um, Stan Van Gundy and we haven't brought him up yet. It's just whatever he's trying to preach, it, they're not hearing or it's just not working. It can't, yeah. it's hard to tell which one. Cause it doesn't feel like this group really gives great effort on defense to let you know, like, okay, the scheme's just broken right? Um, or not, but like they're 27th in defensive rating, um, 29th in opponent points off turnover. So they're not getting back on defense. So when they do turn it over. So again, leading back to guard play there. Um, it's just like, they can't stop anybody. They can rebound, which usually you find teams, if they're bad at defense, they're bad at rebounding. And that's actually not the case with New Orleans, which should be the case because you have Lonzo, who's a good rebounding guard. You have Zion, you have Steven Adams, you have Brandon Ingram. Like you have guys there who should clean up the glass. So at least they're doing that. But and teams really aren't scoring a ton in the paint. So it's really just like you guys are just getting burned on the perimeter or lost on the perimeter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, it, they're, they're uh, defense. It's just lack of effort. And it's weird because 
you feel like they have guys, at least a coaching staff that would get that effort level up. Um, I know they're a young, youngish team, but like JJ Redick was in that locker room, right? Right. Like he had to be talking that, that up a little bit this year. Um, it, it, I don't know. It just, it's weird because they have the makings to be an awesome defensive team and they just have not executed on it at all. It's crazy that like Tom Thibodeau, you know, walks in, takes a bunch of crap defenders from the Knicks and like they've stayed a top five, top 10 defense this year. Yeah. That's the thing. There's like not an elite really defender. I mean, outside of like Frank Nilikita, maybe on the Knicks roster. I mean, Nerlens Noel is a good rim protector. Yeah, Mitchell Robinson, he hasn't played at all. Yeah, so it's like Julius Randle doesn't play defense. We saw him in New Orleans not play defense either. <laughs> you know, like we're watching the guards here. It's Emmanuel Quickly, Derek Rose, right? Like Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock. We're not talking about like any world beaters on defense there. So it's just it's like, like an effort thing. Yeah, it's like be in the right spots, do the right thing. You know, Stan had the great quote um, a couple weeks ago when they uh, – lost after like Lonzo like helped off like yeah the, I think they're playing the Knicks he helped off of Reggie Bullock in the corner when the Knicks were down three and decided to take away With the like, uh, like under 10 seconds left yeah there was like seven seconds left and it's like why did you help off yeah give him the two um and he had a great quote of like how like a high school players would have known what to do there and have done their job you know that's fantastic but it's just like that kind of stuff like you can't yeah up that kind of stuff you're in the nba now this is the highest level of basketball and so you know when it comes down to it you you and i were talking off air this almost feels like a one-year job for stan yeah it kind of feels like it's going that way like he was supposed to bring this team into contention and into playoff getting into the playoffs and they're four games back right now of that 10 of the play-in even make up in 10 games and that's it's just not going to happen. Like, it's just not going to happen. And like, after missing last year, like going to the bubble, I know that was a different coach um, and, you know, different staff, but you still feel like there should been some momentum coming into this year and they really haven't moved at all. It kind of feels like that Nuggets team um, when they missed the playoffs. Right. Jimmy Butler knocked him out. Yeah. And it kind of feels like they, like have to have that sort of year. Um, like it would almost be great if they made the play in somehow and got beat out by someone. I don't know what team they would, they would play at this point. Um, and then came back next year and we're ready to make the playoffs, but it feels like they're still two years away from really being contenders. Yeah. Like making that jump to like a top six seed or something. Right. And I, it's like, I, of course, I want to see Zion in the playoffs. Like, I want to yeah. watch that. But, like, at the end of the day, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to watch Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. I'm not really trying to watch Alonzo in the playoffs. I don't want to watch Steven Adams in the playoffs. Don't want to watch Jackson Hayes or Nikhil Alexander-Walker or anyone else on that bench, you yeah. know? Like, I'm, I'm here for Ingram. I'm here for Zion. But outside of that, like, there's really no one else on the roster. So, I mean, again, so part of this blame can't all be on Stan then. Because, I mean, he didn't ask to have 14 rookies on this roster. That's what it feels like. Does David Griffin make it through this next offseason? 
he it's almost like I mean they're gonna have another draft pick yeah that's like nail it and I don't know they might have to get creative um with how they build this roster this year because you know you can't look at teams like the Knicks taking a step Hawks I guess have taken a step we'll talk more about them also and then you know we always know Minnesota's trying to get better um Sacramento's forever trying to make the playoffs like there are teams out there who it's like have shown like you can make big steps right now right and if New Orleans if it looks rough again I I can't see too many people with that organization that don't play basketball still being there (laughs) yeah that's a great point I uh the players yeah um I don't know I I haven't like if you look at their moves individually, I don't think they're terrible individual basketball moves, but like collectively, it just hasn't worked out yet for them. Um, and this is what year three, year two of really since training Anthony Davis and kind of hitting the reboot button. Um, so maybe they're still ahead of schedule, but I feel like those owners, that ownership group is going to want to start seeing some results sooner rather than later. Or is it because otherwise it's just going to feel like the same thing all over again? Yeah, exactly. You know where that leads. <laughs> Zion ending up on a coastal team. <laughs> yep, exactly. Talking about the East Coast, uh, let's go talk about four teams finish this out from the East that uh, some good, some bad here. We, we mentioned some of these names uh, during that last segment or two. Ryan, how in the living heck are the Knicks still good? Please explain this to me because I don't get it. It's all Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like, Julius Randle feels like he's averaging, like, 40 points a night. Just taking to win by, like, four or something. Like Yeah. And, like, RJ Barrett is, like, scoring, like, somewhere 16, 17 points a game right now, which is, which is pretty good. Um I've been impressed with him. I didn't think he would take that this kind of step so early, but he's playing winning basketball. Like more so, I mean, more so than Zion almost. Like at times, it's not like he's putting up better stats by any stretch of the imagination. That's not what I'm saying, but he's playing defense. Like he's trying on defense. Zion doesn't even try on defense sometimes. There's kind of like a very clear like NBA fit for RJ Barrett, right? Right. Like you're right. He's giving some effort on defense now. He's always been able to pass a little bit. Um, so you can see that still. Obviously, his always thing was being a self-creator scorer. And while it wasn't efficient at all last year, this year, you know, whether it's spot up opportunities or trying to get to a spot, like that's that's gone much better. And part of it is you know, as much as we knocked it at the time, the Derrick Rose trade, it's also been good because right. it's been well reported. Like Derek is kind of like helping him, like guiding him, like, you want to do this, do that. Want to get here, this is what you need to do. You know, it's so like he's been a good mentor. Also, his trainer, um, Drew Hanlon, well known, works with Tatum, Joel Embiid, other guys, said like we weren't gonna try and fix RJ Barrett in a day. Like he's like, all we worked on this really past year was spot up shooting, like this off season, which is spot up shooting. And there was a big off season for the Knicks. 
um, going into this <laughs> year. And so that's why you see now he's like, just when he catches and shoot in the corner, like it looks natural. Looks right. good. He just took thousands of reps over the summer on just spot ups. And they talked about like, now we'll start building and how to get to your shot off the dribble a bit more, especially from deep. Um, but it's like, he kind of had the mid range going on already. He's a six, seven guard. Like, yeah. Mid range. Yeah. Like people don't realize like how big RJ Barrett is. And then, okay. Spot up three is a thing now. So if he can over the next two years, build in a off the dribble three, all of a sudden we're at a playmaking six, seven guard who can shoot from anywhere and is like, kind of a good defender so over the top three pick in the nba draft that's panning out over the last 10 games uh 38 minutes played per game (laughs) um shooting 43 percent from the field which is just okay but shooting 41 percent from three 78 percent from the free throw line that's taking a big step this year scoring uh 17 almost 18 points game and a plus six. Yeah. Um, I, I am a little worried long-term about uh, um, Julius Randle and RJ Barrett because they're playing <laughs> like thousand minutes this year. Right. But um, I mean, I guess the Knicks have really just embraced our, our phrase, Ryan, don't play players who suck. Like, yeah. they're like, all right, we got six good players. That's all we're playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we've definitely cut down on the the uh, Taj Gibson lots of minutes yeah. stuff. But, I mean, he's still playing. I I don't know. This team's so weird. I It's like this. they have a whole bunch of win-now players. and like, like Everyone's the, on a one-year deal. Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock, all these guys. Yeah, and it's not like, like it's a good story for this year. I just don't know if it's gonna happen next year yeah how sustainable is it right and right without developing some young guys which means you actually have to play them um and like getting more good players on long term but team friendly deals like it's hard to wonder like what it's going to be but i don't know maybe the allure is just like the brooklyn thing of like let's just show we can be good and competent and then like we'll get a Kawhi leonard or we'll get you know kyrie irving-esque guy so if that's your mindset, then sure, I guess. Again, right. that's a very Nixy thing to do, though, and that hasn't worked for the last 20 years. So, <laughs> I mean, Zion did know. say the other night he likes playing Madison Square Garden, so maybe he wants to come play with RJ again. I mean, go from Stan Van to Tibbs. Man, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> Zion doesn't rest. What's rest? Yeah. He doesn't. He won't know what's up from down if he played for Thibodeau. <laughs> Um, we'll talk about Atlanta, another, um, positive story in the Eastern conference. Um, ever since Nate McMillan took over Ryan, this team has been a a team. (laughs) Um, let's just put it that way. So here's the theory. Nate McMillan's a good coach and should have never been fired from Indiana. (laughs) There's an idea. Yeah. I I mean, to be fair, like Nate McMillan probably has a better player, uh, in Trey Young than anything he had probably in his time in Indiana, um, where he was bonus, but I mean, different types of players. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of struggle with Atlanta because they're just not playing like Trey Young ball this year. 
like all the time where he's like shooting 30 footers all the time. He's kind of cut down on his three point shooting. Um, yeah, he's taking like six a game, which is kind of good. Like it was up to like nine or 10. Yeah. Like he kind of needed to calm down with it. Um, but like John Collins, still good player. Like they kind of have some good players, and that's not even inc- including like DeAndre Hunter, who's been injured right. uh, and out. Donovich finally gets back in and is playing yeah. well now too. Right. Kevin Herter. Um, Kevin Herter. Clint Capella. Like they kind of just stole Clint Capella from. Clint Capella is kind of like a top eight center in the league this year. Top. I mean, top six. I don't know. Yeah, I was about to I say, how, can I, I name how, how to put how high to push this? I haven't really sat down and looked, but like <laughs> he's definitely playing at that level. Like if yeah, I mean top six, I would say that for sure. Embiid, Jokic, Gobert. That's I mean, the thing, and then it's kind of a well, might might just be him from there. <laughs> yeah, based exactly. off of this year's play, right, right, right. Uh, I'm not put bam. yeah, bam, bam's up there. I'm not putting like. Ken Birch or whatever. <laughs> I mean, Ken like, Birch. I guess it depends on like how you value Boucher. Chris Boucher, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's been good. And then it's like, they're, you know, Onyeko Kongwu, the number six pick in the draft. Again, also center. Like, he's finally back and playing now. Um, starting to get a little bit of run in Lou Will. Again, he's filling a role there, doing it what he needs to do. He has to play Lou Will ball a bit. And it works like in the situations they need it to work in. So it's like, again, it's weird. It's funky. Nate McMillan's kind of taught the team how to play defense a bit. And maybe that's all they needed was just like a slight infusion of defense. And that was going to be like cool for them. But it's again, one of those like, is this sustainable? Is this a long-term plan? Does it work for this year? But maybe not for the next two or three. I I, I don't know. It feels a little bit more sustainable than what the Knicks are doing right now. I agree. Um, just because of well, they have young guys they're building around, right? It's not just like one guy kind of having an incredible season and propping that team up. Yeah. Um, although they have some really good players like around their really good player in Trey Young, um, like those guys are still young, like DeAndre right. Hunter still young john collins they're gonna have to make a decision on but like i think with his play like you have to keep him around it either feels like you have to keep him around or like if you did like do a sign and trade thing as a restricted free agent right it you could get a lot in that deal it feels like now could you get like four first future first maybe maybe like two in a swap that's pretty good whereas like before is almost like a going into the year, like uh, if it was a 90 million plus deal is almost, do we just let him walk? Yeah. So I think that's something I, you know, I'm always for like, I keep the asset as long as the price is not outrageous, outrageous, but um, we'll see what, but at least they have some sort of option now. Um, right. And they even have Bogdanovich who like, I think they just kind of stole from Sacramento who like. Sacramento could have done something there. Sacramento screw that up that's no surprise if i mean they could easily flip bogdanovich to this offseason for something if they feel like they needed like a star or something um, yeah they could yeah so now we'll go to two teams that 
Um, I just don't know, Ryan. Um, and, and not a good way. Can, uh, can playoff Boston make us, namely me, forget about this just nightmare roller coaster of a regular season? Losing to your Oklahoma City Thunder the other day to snap your 14-game losing streak. That was the most disappointed I've been in an NBA team in a very long time. Yeah, sweet Jesus. Cut I don't – so Stop them. That's what's crazy. <laughs> the worst offense in the NBA. You couldn't stop. By far the worst offense. I love that Kirk Goldberry yeah. um, chart that we retweeted. Like, Oklahoma City, like, barely makes it even onto the map and, like, the worst of the worst quadrant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like their logo is barely showing on that quadrant. Um, I, I don't know what to do with this Boston team. I want to say, like, fun. once all the pieces are together and healthy, like, they could kind of be good. But that hasn't been the case all year. So what leads me to think that that's going to start happening in the playoffs? I think they have two awesome stars in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But the rest of it is just kind of a huge question mark. Yeah. Like the bench is, has been a question mark. Like the Kemba has been okay. He has had like one 30 point game this season. You know, I've been out on the Kemba thing all year. It's yeah. Like, I've just been, let's trade him. <laughs> I think I'm just, I've come to this point where I'm just kind of out on Boston this year. It doesn't mean I'm out on Boston ever contending for it a championship in the near future. I just think they have to rework, go back to the board and rework what they have. Um, because it's, it's not, it's not looking too good right now. It's, it's almost like with Dallas, how like with Luca, they're, they're not really a title team yet. They need to figure out how to take that step next, yeah. but it's like not completely sure how to do it. And because like the guy's still so young, Tatum Brown's still so young that it's like we don't want to rush it too much um, and then compromise ourselves long term. But you know, when you have those guys, you have to make the moves. And in theory, it's like, well, that's why we went got Kimba. Well, we went got Kimba because we were losing other guys. Like you uh, lost Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And like the whole like Terry Rozier thing. And like Terry Rozier is better than Kimba Walker today. <laughs> which is just wild uh and like gordon hayward's been good this year which is kind of just it's been i mean he's also been hurt some so it's it's kind of that's on par yeah Uh, i don't know i struggle i struggle with this boston team quite a bit uh because i want to like them i want to like them a lot i think they have some good pieces i just don't think it's 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 their time yet there's no credible depth on the team. Yeah. It's like, I mean, teams go through these cycles, like, especially after losing all the talent they've had in Boston in recent years. Um, And especially with young players, I mean, Oklahoma city, not to keep bringing Oklahoma city into this conversation, but Oklahoma city went through it. Right. Like it was Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and not a lot else for a while. Yeah. Um, Especially in those transition years from like Stephen Adams to, or from Kendrick Perkins to Stephen Adams, like Surge was on and off good. Like there's just like these cycles that these teams go through that they 
have to go through. Like it's growing pains. Like it's a young team that's just still growing. Um, and there'll be guys who come in and out of Boston, but I, it just feels like this year, none of the pieces have come together quite yet. I do know like the Celtics, they've been ravaged the most by COVID protocols. Yeah. Like in terms of like games missed than any other team by like a pretty significant margin. Part of that's Tristan Thompson. <laughs> um, just basically refusing to follow any protocol. But still, like, you know, Tatum's been out because of it, and so have other guys. And that's kind of what happens, you know. And I said coming into the year, I I predicted Boston would finish sixth in the East. It's right where they are right today. Don't be wrong. I really hope they maybe get to like the f- four or five because that this whole tier of teams we're talking about from the East is all like two games separated. So right. one good day, one bad day, and all of a sudden it's you know flipped on its head. Um, I really hope they, as a Celtics fan, I really hope they can get either matched up with the Knicks or Hawks. But I can't tell you like with the complete certainty that like Boston would win that series. I would think so but not with like unwavering confidence. It might be seven games. Yeah. And then they have to go play like freaking Brooklyn or something. <laughs> yeah. Not That's that. not going to end well. So, and Miami's kind of in the same boat. We haven't really talked about Miami at all. Haven't brought them up. Yeah. Like another, like what is going on here? Yeah. It feels like they should be better than they are. And I just, like, I think I've talked about this after the trade deadline. It's like they have a bunch of guys who were, like, good a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like, I get Tri- going getting Trevor Ariza. Yeah. But he, he's limited. Right. I, I understand Andre Godala, but he's limited. Maybe in the playoffs, these guys, like, that's where they can really shine. Right? Show their right. value. But, again, that's that's a lot of pressure riding on just these games to make it work. I mean, I guess those are guys you're cool relying on. Plus, obviously, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, and others. But it's it's kind of more this like Kendrick Nunn, um, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson that has really been up and down this year. That's almost the more concerning part to me. Man, Tyler Hero is having a rough year. Like his second year it's in the league games has not, not been great. good. Um, he's shooting like sub. Maybe he might be shooting sub 32% from three um, as of late. 30, 32, 31% all year. Um, And just like not the guy that we saw in the bubble last year. Um, So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this team. Um, I'm going to go back the last 10 games for Tyler Hero. Let's see here. Uh, 25 minutes per game, 47% from the field. Uh, and he's been shooting 43% from three in the last yeah. 10 games. Well, that's, that's what the thing is, like, it bumped his season percentage up to 34, like, from mm. three. So that's mm-hmm. that thing. He was really in a funk all year, and then it's really figured out. But, again, then he hasn't played the last, you know, handful of games. He's right. missed four of the last six. And even the games he did play in, he only played 25 and 16 minutes, respectively. So, you know, really the – the big jumps in his percentages came to, you know, a super hot shooting nights against San Antonio and Atlanta, Um, which, you know, okay. Credit him made shots, but he's had a quite a few games this year where it's just like relatively inefficient, you Mm -hmm. know, 
shooting 20, 30% from the field. It, it did start to, to pick up right about the beginning of April. Uh, but like you were saying, but still like he got to get on the court. And one thing I think also Miami was kind of needing from him this year that they really haven't got as much was the, the playmaking part of it. I really feel like they, they were hoping he could be that, you know, when Dragic isn't on the court, like heroes, kind of that creator for himself, for others. And he's averaging three assists a game. It's not bad, but it almost feels that's more of a product of the heat system culture, right? Um, mm. That you work the ball around, you find a good shot, all that. I, I don't know. I just feel watching Tyler Hero, it's kind of like you, you have some skill. I, it's kind of almost like he doesn't, I mean, unless the shot's just on fire, which definitely could be on any given night, he doesn't have like a very clear role. Yeah, it feels like he's somewhere between like the Lou Williams and like I don't know who's another like Jason Kidd in his later half of his career where he would come and like run the offense. Uh, I don't know. It almost like James, maybe even James Harden early in his career, where he's supposed to be the spark off the bench um, and score a ton of points and be able to run the offense, but. I just don't get that sense from Tyler Hero that, like you said, he's not able to create for others as well as he's able to create for himself. It feels like he's more Lou Williams than he will be James Harden. Yeah. I, I, is, is that guy a worthwhile NBA player for your rotation? Yeah. Yeah. It almost doesn't feel like that guy can be like a great starter though. Like we've seen it with Lou Will, like you, he's kind of had to settle in. Like if you, are that size even if you can't shoot if you can't really create for other guys like it's hard to just get you on the court right we're talking about atlanta just now trey young i mean his maybe his best skill is his passing yeah he's a good passer so it's kind of like teams would be just kind of like we'd rather play mike conley yeah who can shoot doesn't take a ton but he can shoot whereas tyler hero it's like he just wants to kind of ball out and shoot and get buckets that's take like step backs and yeah triple like, around screens yeah that's a that sounds like a really fun nba role player yeah you know like lou williams gets so much love and like as he should like lou williams is a fun player enjoyable player to watch but like comes nut crunching time you kind of gotta take him <laughs> off the court and tyler hero like we've seen him make weak shots though in the playoffs but yeah. that you know at what point does your game have to elevate from I made some big shots too. I'm a consistently good, great player. Just like, no matter what, like let's avoid situations where we take those shots. Cause mm. we're just good for the first, first 46 minutes of the game. Also, you it's know, great point. It's a great point. Matt, do you want to add anything before we move on to our lead league pass teams? No, I think, I think we're good. Let's watch some good basketball this week, Ryan. Yeah. I'm excited. I'll start off with my league pass team. I'm going to watch Utah. I'm going to circle back around to Utah. I know I've watched them this week or this season already, but I'm not doing the bad teams anymore. I'm only focusing on playoff teams and playoff contenders. Um, Recording on a Thursday. Matt, who do you have? I have the Clippers. 
that's it. Uh, that'll be a fun watch. It's um, same, same idea of like, I really want to try and get as good of a grasp as I can on the Clippers going into the playoffs. Ooh, they've got some, they've got some uh, winnable games here down the stretch. going to go Nuggets, Raptors, Lakers, Knicks, Raptors again. Hornets, Rockets, Thunder. So those last three games of the season will probably be stinkers. Yeah. Um, but I, from the uh, first five games where it goes uh, Nuggets, Raptors, Lakers, Knicks, Raptors, like those are going to be good games. I don't – it doesn't feel like Toronto's laying down yet. So it's like all five of those games, like they're going to have to work to win the game. And I'm, I'm – not saying they'll go five and zero like in those games, but a four and one, five and zero does feel like very real for this team the way they're playing. Mm. I the Jazz are playing the Suns, which is going to be an awesome game. Mm. Uh, Friday, tomorrow night, uh, and then from there they have the Raptors, Spurs twice, Nuggets, Rockets, uh, Warriors, Blazers. Thunder Kings to finish out the season. Couple gimmies there at the end. Man, the Raptors getting just busted up. Ooh, oh man. And goodness. It's been a rough season for them. Yeah. Really rough season. Um, so feel bad for them, but yeah. I mean, God. they don't get to play at home. They have, they're the only team to really not play a home game this year at all. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so Raptors might sneaky lose out the rest of the way. That's tough. It's tough, especially if you could have dealt Kyle Lowry. I mean, they still could have um, do like Lions a sign trade, trade in the offseason, but yeah, that's rough. Yeah, the Raptors going just real quick Jazz, Lakers, Clippers, Wizards, Grizzlies, Clippers, Bulls, Mavericks, Pacers. Like, that's. You kind of have to squint, but that could be like three wins max. Yeah, three, three four wins maybe in there. More three wins there. Yeah, that's a three and six finish to the year. Uh, at that point, one and eight. Just go lean in, lean into the tank. Hey, go get the eight, and then be the Pelicans and go somehow get the one. Get up there. Go get your fade for Cade looked a lot different. Hey Cunningham to the Toronto Raptors. That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to episode 108. Uh, we will be back for episode 109 next week. Yeah.